Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week, people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church. Ordinary people just like you and me. Today, we are launching a brand new series called Can You Relate? Every day, we relate to others in various ways and on various levels, and the Bible has a lot to say about our interactions. So over these next several weeks, our goal is to celebrate the work that God is doing in and through relationships. We'll cover obvious topics like marriage, friendship, and parenting, but we'll also hear stories about singleness, co-working, and how to relate to those of different generations. It's our hope that as you listen to stories of how God is at work in others, you'll see a glimpse of yourself in those stories and that you too will be encouraged to love God by loving those he's placed around you. It's our desire as a church to continue to tell and hear stories that celebrate God's work, and we want to hear your story. If you have a story that you feel the Lord is prompting you to share, you can fill out our story form at calvarychurch.org slash share a story. We would love to celebrate the work that God is doing in and around you. Today, we're kicking off our series by talking about marriage. Andy and Deanna Shaw are joining us to share about their marriage story and how God has used the things he's taught them to pour into the lives of other couples. Not only is Andy one of our elders, but he and Deanna have been involved in marriage ministry for a number of years, and they've learned a lot from it. The things that they're sharing with us today lay a beautiful foundation, not just for our conversations about marriage, but for this series as a whole. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So here is my conversation with Andy and Deanna Shaw. Well, Andy and Deanna, I'm so grateful that you're both here and willing to just share a little bit about your marriage story. Before we start and dive too far into the weeds, could you just each take a couple minutes to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are, how you're involved at Calvary, and how you spend your time? Sure. I'm Deanna Shaw. I am a mom of three boys, and they're all pretty much out of the house now. We have okay. one left who is in college, but will probably leave, you know, shortly. I'm involved in CSM here, and I teach the the 10th grade girls oh, cool. um, on Wednesday nights, who I just, I just love them, and I feel like they're mine. Yeah. After having all boys, now I feel like I have girls. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I also uh, support Andy and what he does. He he also will tell you, but he teaches in an ABF. Okay. So I'm a respiratory therapist, so I do work part time, and I'm I do get busy with that, but trying to scale back so I can spend more time doing some other things. Yeah. And uh, we do enjoy going to the mountains and to the beach when we can. And just enjoy being outside. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I'm Andy Shaw, and I work for Prudential. And Deanna and I have three boys, as she said. It's been a lot of fun. And having kids is the best thing we ever did, I think, I think as a marriage. We've always said mm-hmm. that. I do teach uh, Airs Together. I co-teach with Josh Beards. It's a great group. People love the Lord in that class. It's a lot of fun. 
and I'm one of the elders of the church here. And so, yeah, we, we enjoy serving and enjoy being here. Wow. That's awesome. How long have you been at Calvary? I think it's about 10 years now. Almost 10 years, hard to believe. Already. Wow. Time flies, right? It does. (laughs) It It really does. does. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now that we know a little bit about who you each are, let's just start right off the bat. And I want to ask you, you know, we're doing this series on relationships. Marriage is a very obvious topic when talking about relationships, but why is it important for the church to talk about marriage? I think it's, you know, it's an institution ordained by God. God has established a covenant relationship in marriage. And, but you know, when it's done right, it, it truly reflects his love and his faithfulness. Mm. And, you know, when it, when it's done wrong, when it implodes, it, it just affects everybody, not just the two people involved, but it it affects the family, uh, you know, community, the neighbors, the, you know, the, I don't know, the blast radius of damage just yeah. extends far into the community of those two people. So it's it's important, and, uh, you know, we, we can help out there, and, and we try to. Yeah, And we often say that Satan wants to destroy families, so mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. first part to go would be to destroy a marriage, and yeah. that would, you know, have so many ripple effects. So. Right. We feel like it is important the church talks about it and how important it is. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about your marriage story? And let's just start with how did you meet? And then tell us a little bit about your dating relationship. Okay, well, we met in college. Andy had gone to the Marine Corps and okay. then went to college afterward. Okay. So he robbed the cradle. He we actually met because I was taking a physics class and it was a really difficult professor and um, a lot of people needed tutors. So I was looking for a tutor and all the tutors were taken, but Andy was a physics major. So the secretary at the college said, well, I know a physics major, he might tutor you. So she gave me his number. So okay. I called him and that's how we met. And I like to tease him and said that he kept calling me and calling me and calling me and bugging me. And so I finally went out with him. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we met. And we started dating and we dated about three years, I think, Mm -hmm. until we got married. And um, we used to ride motorcycle, do a lot of fun things like that together. And then we got married and, and had kids a year Almost a year later, right it was away, through, yeah. yeah, we wanted to have yeah. kids right away, and so that started a whole new journey. Yeah, so. yeah. Andy, why'd you keep calling? Because <laughs> she never called back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Anything that you would add to that story? No, it was just a lot of fun, you know, and uh, and it, it was fun tutoring her, and then realizing is I think I love her, and you know, mm. <laughs> really not knowing what to do because I just was not. That uh, savvy, but uh, thank the Lord she had patience <laughs> and yeah. returned my calls. All you know, ultimately. So yeah, there you go, there you go. And I got a B in the class. Oh, that good. Was so good. it was like a triple part. win <laughs> all around. <laughs> what is one thing that you would say you did really well when you were dating? I don't know. You know, we 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 think of our dating. We just really. I don't know that if we can say we did something very well or, or poorly. We we just we just enjoyed each other and we. You know, just stayed out of trouble and and didn't have expectations. I know it's mm. probably one of the questions coming, but right, we just right. we we uh, had a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun things. We did, and I think it helped too because we were a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it, 
it can't be okay when you're younger, but I right. think when you're older, you have a little bit more vision mm-hmm. of what you want things to look like, right. a little more maturity. So we had that going for us mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm thinking of those who are listening, who are in dating relationships, who are looking towards marriage, hopefully in their future. What is one thing that you would say to them that might set them up for success in their relationship? I know that's a very broad question and every relationship is different, but I think that might be a helpful thing for them to hear. For sure. I mean, I would say for sure, make sure you're involved at a church. Mm. Um, That was something we were, but Andy's dad was a pastor and it was a really small church. So we didn't have a lot of outreach at that time. So we kind of struggled a little bit until we could find another church Mm. where we had more people our age and that kind of thing. Um, So that was a little bit hard, but I would say make sure that you are involved at church. And even with some of the mentoring we've done, we've said to people that you might not feel like you fit in at first, Mm -hmm. but there are always people there. Like you just keep going and keep trying maybe different groups, different things, because it's so important to just not stop. Right. And I think a lot of people, it's great that we have online church. That's Mm -hmm. really great for its purpose. But I think sometimes we, you know, we can all get a little lazy and stay home and then we don't have that community. Right. And I think it's important to have that community and encouragement for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I think I would add to that too, that one of the things that we did well was we did we did commit to the Lord, but I will say my relationship with the Lord didn't really grow and begin to to blossom until we had children. So okay. at the time we knew we knew the right things to do and, and most of the time we did them, but it wasn't it wasn't until later that we co- truly committed ourselves to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think we did well uh, along with that was we knew the right things to do and did them most of the time yeah. and not, we did not cave to peer pressure at the time. And, and that was before social media. So it's tremendously, right. you know, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing for young couples today. I think just mm. peer pressure and what they see online and, you know, people know what to do. They know what to do. They know the right things to do. Yeah. You just go do it right. you know, without opinion of someone else. I think it's important. Yeah. Definitely. And I think a second thing that we often don't talk about is to set boundaries, Mm. especially for sexual purity. It's something that a lot of families don't feel comfortable talking about, and maybe some churches don't feel comfortable talking about, and it's really important. So that's something that we have talked about when we have mentored to make sure Mm -hmm. you set your boundaries so that you set yourself up for success and, and not failure in that way. Yeah, for sure. That's great advice. So can you talk a little bit about the the early years of your marriage? What was that like? Was it what you expected it to be? We talked a little bit about expectations there a couple seconds ago. And tell me a little bit about that part of your story. Yeah, you know, we, we really entered marriage with not many expectations at all. Okay. Probably other than the ones that were subconscious that you bring in from your family that we didn't know. And Deanna says, well, we didn't know what we didn't know. And and early years, it was good for us. We mm-hmm. we we just either we were easygoing or naive or ignorant or a combination. I don't know. But we were, <laughs> a combination. You know, yeah, we, it was it was well. It went well for us early because we just you know when, when issues came up, we just kind of dealt with them. And whether we dealt with them in the right way, probably later we realized we didn't. But uh, early on, yeah, it was it was okay. 
Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like we've heard people say, oh, the first year of marriage was so hard. And we did not find that at all. Okay. Not at all. Interesting. We were, we, you know, mm-hmm. obviously moved in together when we got married and we really didn't have any issues that way. It was harder once we started having kids Okay. as far mm-hmm. as, you know, just how to raise children, because then you realize how that you were raised differently. We both came from good homes, but they're still different. Mm -hmm. And I was raised with all girls and I had all boys. So that was a whole learning curve that I didn't realize that I needed to learn. So that created problems. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's where I would say friction started. Mm Yeah. Oh, sure. Talk to me a little bit about some of those things that you didn't talk about. Okay. Do you do you wish you would have talked about some of those expectations ahead of time that maybe were unspoken or subconscious? Is it important to set expectations up front? Yes, it's definitely important. And some of those things you don't know until you encounter them for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But there are other things like, I mean, I think we knew we wanted to have kids. So that's something it wasn't like all of a sudden one didn't and one did. Yeah. But there were, we never discussed like, how would we raise children or discipline them or until it happened? Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, then you have to make a decision right then and there. And it's hard when you don't agree and you don't want to appear that you're not agreeing in front of your children. Mm-hmm. So, yes, but definitely to set expectations as much as you can about your roles and that sort of thing. Like I said, some things come up that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. But, yes, for sure. And that's something, you know, back when we got married, we did premarital counseling, but it wasn't anything like what it is now. Mm-hmm. And there's so many more resources now that can yeah. help prepare you or, or you mm-hmm. might say, I never thought about that. And they can help you to think about it. Yeah. So, I think, I think too, the things that we did, one of the things I wish we would have at least acknowledged and talked about was how we handle conflict. You know, we realized later that we didn't handle conflict very well. Mm. And just because it didn't spiral out of control and people were yelling and, you know, we, we had none of that, it just went silent. And, yeah. you know, that, that's not the answer either. Right. And yet mm-hmm. we didn't realize that until much later in marriage that, oh, wow, we really could have handled that better. And that that has been a persistent problem. How how do we deal with differences, you know, and, and, how, and conflict resolution was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So talk to me a little bit about some of those challenges that you did face, whether it was before or after having kids, but what were some of those challenges and how did the Lord work through those and help to grow you through those? I, For me, I think one of the biggest challenges, and it was more after we had kids, because before we had kids, we didn't really have conflict. We mm-hmm. got along well. It was communication. Mm. And we often, you know, we talk about this, we kind of laugh. We say, like, Andy it can be a hailstorm and I'm a turtle. So, <laughs> okay. so when we talk about things, Andy's like, yeah. wants answers, wants, you know, <laughs> wants to resolve it right now. Yeah. And I have to process. So I'm the turtle and I'll just draw in and mm-hmm. think, I have to think about this for a while. And, mm-hmm. And so the more he would try to be like, no, we have to solve this, the more I would withdraw. And we did that for a long time and then nothing got resolved. Yeah. So it was actually just over the past few years that we figured this out and learned how Mm -hmm. to get out of that cycle and um, to try to deal with conflict resolution better. And I feel like, you know, just through mentoring others, we've we've learned more too in our marriage and, you know, through another Christian ministry that we help at. And that is just like the Lord has just 
I think really blessed our marriage because of us trying to help other people, we've learned more about ourselves. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Mm -hmm. So what has that process looked like? What do we need to learn about ourselves and our spouses as we work through conflict resolution and learning about how the other operates? Yeah, I think that was it, you know, and, and probably it just recently, you know, I know I discovered that, oh, wow, when she's quiet, she's thinking. It's not that she doesn't want to give an answer. And I just always assumed she doesn't want to give an answer or doesn't have an answer or could care less. Mm-hmm. You know, none of those negative assumptions that I made, you know, and, and she's processing. So understanding how Deanna thinks and functions was a big thing for me mm-hmm. and, and, and how she responds to me because I tend to overbear, you know, I might even get loud and I don't realize I'm getting loud. Right. And she'll say, why are you yelling? I'm like, oh, I'm not yelling. Who's yelling? Right. <laughs> and so the, those kinds of things and just how I am, you know, adding to that environment, what makes her withdraw. Uh, that was helpful to become aware of that. And then we, I could work on things to not, not do the, not do that, not make her feel that way. Yeah. Are there any practical tools involved in that? Cause I, I'm thinking through like there's the five love languages book. Yes. There's Enneagram. There's Myers Briggs. There's there's all of these different like personality inventory um, assessments and things like that. And and you could say positives and negatives about any of them. But were there any that you used or that you have used or recommend in your mentoring that have been helpful? I can't say we've used. I mean, we have done like the disc, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So we know our personalities, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between knowing what your personality is and then how to deal with it. Okay. So honestly, when we've been helping, like I said, mentoring other couples, we've learned more ways of how to deal with the conflict or how to get out of that, take your off ramp out of this argument so that you can actually solve it. So I can't say we've used anything in particular as far as conflict resolution, other than what we have learned through helping other people. And we've heard people say, yeah, we know what our personalities is. We know what our problems are. Mm -hmm. We just don't know how to solve them. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think some of those earlier tools will probably introduced us to, oh, wow, there, there is a difference here yeah. and, it, and it matters. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's significant. And that's probably where we started. And then we can apply, you know, some of the how to that kind of come, came later, you know, with the fear cycles, the thing that we talk about. Yes. You know, how am I, I'm in, instigating fear in you and, and you are instigating anger in me. And, and it just mm-hmm. goes right around. So you talked about your mentoring other couples. Talk about why you have thought that that is so important and why you've jumped into marriage mentoring and and even some of the other ministries that you're involved in. What prompted that and and why did you get involved? We actually were asked by people to become involved, which is I think is always a great idea cuz Uh, oftentimes in the church, we ask for volunteers, but Mm -hmm. often you don't get them until you directly ask someone and say, Hey, I think you'd be good at this. Mm -hmm. So we were asked, um, we're involved with the marriage hub, which is a Christian ministry for um, marriages that are in crisis. Okay. And we decided to check them out see what they do and sat in on some of their intensives. And I think it really resonated with us because within Andy's family and my family, there are several divorces Okay, and we have seen not uh, not just how it affects the couple, but mm-hmm. how it has affected children, the family, just the long-lasting effects. Yeah. 
And it's something that I think became important to us because we were like, wow, if we can help people to overcome that and see that they can make it work, they can do this. We want to be able to help to save marriages and yeah. keep the family together. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that, that really don't know these tools and, and just even what to do by the time they're in a crisis situation. They, they just have, they just don't know what, what to do. And so it's just, it's just the messenger. Hey, here, here, you know, try these things and, you know, we'll try them again, you know, mm-hmm. do the work. And, and that's, I think that's what's, what's fun. We see the need that's out there and it's a tremendous need, but, but we can, we can help. And so we, we like to where we can. How did seeing the aftermath of all the divorce that you were witnessing, how did that impact you personally? It was really hard. And I think Mm -hmm. it was even harder to see how it affected children Mm -hmm. in the family. And then over the years to see how it, those effects continue on and on. And I mean, you hear that stuff and you know it, but to see it happen to family members is Mm -hmm. really difficult. And I think it made us even more resolute to be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is not going to happen for us. And, and we can help other people, hopefully that it won't happen to them. Yeah. 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 Just because it impacts so many people Mm -hmm. and, and, and like Deanna said, almost forever, it's a permanent uh, negative almost and, and a reminder you know, mm-hmm. family gatherings. Oh yeah, you know this this couple is is not here, or it's it's just this level of sadness and damage and destruction. Uh, you know that marriage fail, failure of marriage brings. Yeah. If somebody were to come to you right now and say, "Man, I am really struggling in my marriage. Things are hard, and I don't know what to do." What would you say to them? It's interesting because at work, people know that I, I, we do help mentors. So people do, do tend to come to me and ask. And, you know, Andy and I've talked about this and we're like, it's so funny because when you look at the tools to help your marriage, they are so simple. Mm. And it's almost like you're expecting to hear this great revelation. They're so simple, but a lot of times people don't want to do the work. Yeah. And I, you know, I believe so much of it comes to communication and conflict resolution. Okay. And um, obviously, people need to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, first and foremost, and a lot of times we sort of assume that in because we're with a Christian ministry, but not everybody who comes through is a believer. So we are able to go through mm-hmm. what it looks like to be a believer. But you need to have you need to have a relationship with the Lord because ultimately, it's not going to happen unless mm-hmm. you're able to follow the Lord. Wow. Yeah, that makes. I mean, that's where it starts, and it makes all the difference. And and you know, where is your heart with the Lord? Where is your heart? Uh, as if you're the, the husband, how are you doing as a husband? Forget about what the spouse is doing to you. You, what are you doing? You need to take ownership of your role and 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 actions, and and that's that's where we would begin. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you mm-hmm. can only change yourself, and that's something we mm-hmm. really talk to people about. You, you can't sit there and focus on how can I change my spouse. It, you focus on you. That's that's what you need to change, and that's all you can do. Would you say that's one of the practical tools? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the hardest, because we don't want to change because we think we're right or we just don't want to change, period. It's the hardest one. Yeah. It's hard for us to control what we can control mm-hmm. because we want to control all the other things too. Right. <laughs> yeah, we do. That's right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So focusing on your own role, communication, conflict resolution, yes. any other practical tools that you would add to that list? 
and and commit. You know, you have to execute. You have to commit to doing this. You mm. must do the work. You know, that's it's one thing to know, have knowledge of these things, but like Deanna said, it's just so simple. Yeah, they're simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we we want to connect the two. We want to think that simple is easy, but it's not. What you have to do the work. You have to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. Do you do the work when things get hard, or do you do the work always? And why? Yeah, I think you know the evil one wants to he he wants to destroy marriage, and it's he is insidious. Even in his ways, they that they creep in and problems can manifest even before they become apparent. Mm. And, and that's why you have to do the work when things are going well, Yeah, because the work is 10 times harder when things are not going well. And that's when we become most obstinate. We don't want to. And so it is important to do the work and, you know, sports teams talk about that or, or corporations talk about the fundamentals, do the fundamentals, get back to the fundamentals. That's what we have to do, even when things are going well. So it's critically important to do the work, even when things are going very well. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this too. It's like your relationship with the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times people tend to just go to the Lord when they're having trouble. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that practice of a relationship with the Lord all the time, right? It's not, it's just not going to be effective. You can't just you know, go when you want to, or just do it when you feel like it. So right. it's, it's, it's a practice and practice makes perfect, just like in every, anything else. So mm-hmm. you need to work on it all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, you don't want to, or it feels awkward, but you, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Can you talk a little bit about the, the biblical picture of marriage? It's something that Andy, you mentioned when we, when we first started about why it's so important to talk about marriage. And then you use the word commitment. So can you talk a little bit about that commitment covenant aspect of marriage and maybe what you learned about that, that you didn't know before you were married, or maybe what you've learned throughout your marriage that you didn't realize before? Yeah, sure. You know, the, the, the commitment that a husband makes is to love his wife. And it's the command is to love your wife. And, and that's the hard thing I think in marriage is to put your spouse first. Mm. And, and we, we say those things, it's an easy thing to say, and it's something that we all know. And even in, you know, kindergartners are taught, you know, young people are taught, you know, let others first and think of others. But in a marriage, that means that I truly need to think of Deanna first, Mm. you know, before I do anything. And, and that applies everywhere. Yeah. And it's really hard uh, to do that. You know, God has commanded men to love their wives, and and that is something that is, again, it's not easy. And and even in the small things that we think, how am I, even in, in I think the disc profile, that's more, it's a crazy thing, but understanding how Deanna was wired, to me, was a way to love her because I'm like, okay, now I, I know how she'll respond if I react this way. So I will control how I react so she doesn't respond in a negative way. Yeah. That's such a practical way to put into practice the idea of focusing on what you can control because you can only control yourself. But if you know how your actions are affecting another person, then it's another step forward that you can take. It elicits a different response, which is really how Mm -hmm. they react back, which is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deanna, do you have anything that you would add to that about what you've learned about covenant and commitment in marriage? Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say, you know, 
on the other side, wives were to submit to our husbands. And you know, in today's culture, that is just has been taken into such a negative Mm -hmm. connotation. And I think there's so much misunderstood about that Mm -hmm. and not understanding that, you know, if your husband loves you, it's, it's, it's not him just telling you what to do. And I just think it's such a misconception. And there's so much going on in the world today that is telling women, you don't need to do that. You don't, that's, you know, you be your own person. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it's about at all. So if your husband is loving you, it's easy to submit and, and look at him for leadership and direction because that's the way God made it. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. What's something that you want your unmarried friends to know? That it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And it is just like what we said, I would say, um, that it is a practice it is a, and it's a commitment forever. Mm. Some people go into marriage not thinking that it's forever, mm. but, but, and also with social media today, there's so much out there that makes it look like marriage is just riding off into the sunset. So right. it's not reality. So I think, you know, marriage is a great thing. It's not that it's negative, but I think people need to know that it's work and it's everyday work mm-hmm. and what it really looks like, not just what social media and yeah. the movies look like. So, right. I think it's tremendously rewarding too, you know, it, you know, just the companionship and and just earlier that, you know, love and fulfillment is, is manifested in, in, you know, in marriage that has done well, exhibited well, and it's a reflection of Christ. And I think that, man, if you could strive to to do that, you would want that. So I would say, yeah, get married, find the right mate, you know, and, and, and do the work and be prepared to do the work, but it's, it's an unbelievable, uh, unbelievably rewarding and fulfilling. Yeah. You're in a season right now where you're about to be empty nesters. So to those who are in that same stage of life as you, what is something that maybe the Lord has been teaching you in this season of your marriage with your kids being grown? And what is something that you talk to other couples who are in that same season about? What What's a topic that sort of has been on your mind recently? I think one of the challenges is how to parent adult children. Mm-hmm. And and that's a difficult thing that we, we weren't really prepared for. And I, th- I think we're doing okay, but it's, it's, you know, we find ourselves asking, oh, wow, I didn't really think about that. And how do you, how do you do that? How do you interact mm-hmm. with, you know, our boys that are young men and are doing well and we're yeah. proud of them. We love them. And, and, you know, when to step in and, and I was always stepping in way too early and, you know, providing direction everywhere. And, and so, you know, I don't need to do that anymore. And when to, you know, when to back off. So we talk mm-hmm. about parenting adult children and, I think too spending our time, you know, we mm-hmm. we have now time. So, you know, we pray for more capacity that God uses us elsewhere. And, and I I believe that's how we got involved in in a marriage hub, you know, when we got that phone call, I never really thought to do that, but we we were looking for things to do. We had extra time. We said, you know, what what can we do, Lord? And and I think just being available. Uh, yeah. being available and we pray for you know, we're very busy uh, and very hectic and sometimes we we pray for you know, a relief of those things, but I, I think we should do the opposite. Pray for for more capacity. Pray for strength to just do, to to do more and, yeah. and to handle more because we because we can and and we we should do those things. Yeah, I think on a mother's side, it's parenting adult children, but it's also hard as a mother let to 
do the mothering for so yeah. long and now you don't have anybody to mother anymore. That's mm-hmm. something that I've struggled with. Like where it, where am I supposed to be right now? What am yeah. I, cause that was my identity for so long and staying home with the kids and I do work, but that's not something that I feel like is the focus in my life. So sure. it's, it's also just like Andy said, well, then you get involved in other things. Like, so working with CSM and still working yeah. with, with young girls, but I, I love those girls. I know, and we I, love those girls. And, sort of like our own. Yes. It's, and I love doing funny. things with them. Yeah. So you still have that capacity to give. It might not be to your children who write, you know, every day aren't with you, but you can still do it for other, other children and other kids and other people. So that's what we want to be able to do. Yeah. And look at the impact too, that, that we can have. We talk about that too, that sometimes people feel, oh, I have nothing else to offer. My kids are grown. And it is the exact opposite. And and, and I see that in, in you with what the, the, what those girls are just, it's a phenomenal group of girls. They mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. And, and you look and see, Gee, if I wouldn't have signed up for that, what would they be doing today? So, yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of cool, and and they do yeah. they do become like your own yeah, kids. Absolutely, we think of them as our our mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and not only where would they be, but like what would you have missed out on? Yes, absolutely. Had you not taken that oh yeah, step? absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It, it makes me think of a couple of things, even as an adult child myself. I I think about giving grace to our parents who are in this learning process and going, they're doing the best that they can. And so remembering for us that it's a process for you too. And so I appreciate that reminder, not only for people who are in your season, but then also for us as children as well. Sure, that's that's a good point. That really is. But I also think about like serving too in different seasons. I mean, we've talked with young parents who have little kids who are saying, oh, well, I used to be involved in CSM. Well, now I have young kids and I don't have the capacity for that. So I've moved on to this other thing. But remembering that serving comes in seasons as well. And that sometimes as life shifts, we're able to shift our focus with it. And so to see that you guys have done the same thing is an encouragement, I think, to all of us as we look at, okay, well, maybe this season isn't quite the same as it was, or maybe we're stepping into a new season, but that doesn't mean that God can't still use us where he has us. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would totally agree. Yeah. So my last question for you is, how have you seen God's faithfulness in marriage? I mean, I would say in ours, like it, like Andy said earlier, we didn't know what we didn't know when mm-hmm. we got married. So, and and not that it's been so extremely difficult. There are some people who go through extremely difficult things, but I just see God's faithfulness because for years, like Andy said, we didn't really deal with the conflict. Like we just yeah. kind of did our thing to get along. Yeah. And now the Lord has given us an opportunity to serve other people. But in the process, we've learned so much about ourselves. Yes. And we keep learning, you know, we keep implementing things. So I think that has been huge for us. And also with the marriage mentoring that we've done, we've seen other couples who have gone through some really, really horrible things Mm. and their marriage has come out the other side Mm -hmm. and they're doing great. And so it's possible. Mm -hmm. It's possible no matter what you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think God truly delivered us when when we entered uh, that phase of, you know, the boys started coming and, and we just, we realized that we were not on the same page. Um, at the same time, I had lost my job. And oh, wow. so we mm-hmm. had, 
that entered a f- period of financial difficulty. Wow. I was in the military and, and God had actually called me back to the military. So, you know, the boys were young, but that provided some financial security. Yeah. And and that was that was helpful. And and other things too, the people that he brought across our paths at different times, I think was tremendously valuable. And mm-hmm. I, I would say that, you know, pay attention to someone getting married. Go talk to someone who's married, you know, and and seek out people that are have already done this and not that they have it all together, but just ask them questions. How are they doing? And that's I think that one thing God has brought uh, several people across our paths at different times and sometimes briefly, sometimes not briefly, but in ways that just helped us. And we were grateful for that. You know, yeah. we couldn't do all that ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that this is a great way to kick off our series as we start talking about relationships and what it means to relate well to one another. We'll talk some more about marriage as the summer goes on, but thank you for just giving us a foundation to start the series, but also just to start thinking about what it looks like to live in pursuit of a godly marriage and for just sharing your story and what God has done in your life and for stewarding that story well as you seek to serve others. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. I hope that this conversation has encouraged you as you consider how to relate to those that God has put in your path, whether it's your spouse or someone else. One of the things that jumped out to me was some of those practical tools that they talked about. And did you notice that they were all C words? Control what you can control, communicate, conflict resolution, and commitment. Those might be some great things to write down and reflect on this week as you think about the relationships in your life. As we continue to tell and hear stories that celebrate God's work, we want to hear your story. If you have a story that you feel the Lord is prompting you to share, you can fill out our story form at calvarychurch.org slash share a story. We would love to celebrate the work that God is doing in and around you. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Pursuing Life podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. We're looking forward to meeting you back here next Monday for an all new episode. Until then, have a great week.